Hello, welcome to this week's 10 Minutes of Torah. We're beginning to study the fourth book of the Torah, the book of Bamidbar, which in English translates as in the desert, and as we'll discover, has relevance to the content of the portion of the book. But in English, it's referred to as the book of numbers. And actually, the sages refer to it as the book of Pikudim, a book of counting as well. So it's not so far off to call it the book of numbers. But the point is that we begin with the narrative where the Torah talks about the counting of the Jewish people. It reminds me, when I was a kid, I remember there was a commercial advertising a, a an insurance company um, in Australia. And they used to highlight the humanity with which they treat their customers. And they would their advertisement, their, their campaign was where you're a name, not a number. You know, because we in, intrinsically, the way we view people, we, we have this sense that people are valuable as individuals, as a person with a name, with a story. And reducing people to a number is denying us of our humanity. Some of the worst experiences in history are connected with people being reduced to nothing more than a number. It's uh, humorous, perhaps, but uh, my uh, graduating class from high school, they actually we actually put together a T-shirt that mimicked the the logo of this company, and on the back it had a list of numbers referencing all the student numbers with the scores and. With a nod to all of the emphasis on numbers and scores and grades, the the byline, the tagline was where you're a name, not a number. But the reality is that's that that's the attitude we have as a people. We 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 tend to recognize that a human being is a lot more valuable than just a number. And if you just reduce a person to a number, that seems to take away from their significance as an individual. The Torah, in this week's portion, and multiple times throughout the Torah, and many other times in this fourth book of the Torah, highlights God counting the Jewish people, highlights the significance of the count, records the process in which it was done, and the totals of the those counts and it, it seems that on, on one hand at least it seems that we're reducing the significance of the individual to a number in other words among those people you had scholars and talented individuals people who were extremely influential and 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 had significant impact on society and you also had those who were more or less anonymous going about their business doing their own thing but you only also had people who were lowlifes and all of those people the influential significant contributors to society the regular people going about their business doing their own thing really kind of keeping to themselves and even those who were actively a drag if you will on the social order all of those are counted equally they're reduced to the to 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 seemingly taken away, stripping away their humanity. So what's the significance of counting that the Torah emphasizes? It seems to be the opposite of how we approach and how we tend to treat people and to think of people. The significance of counting can be re- recorded, can be thought of in a number of different ways. It's an interesting analogy that's brought down with regards to the concept of bittel. 
When you talk about kosher law, and kosher law is very simple on its surface, but when you drill down, it can get a little bit complicated. Because if you rely on the laws of kosher and you only have kosher ingredients, everything's fine. But what if something non-kosher gets mixed with something that is kosher? Then it gets very, very detailed because it depends on the circumstances and depends on the amounts and depends on the the types of uh, foods or or ingredients that got mixed in. And suffice it to say, it can get very, very complicated and detailed. But one of the concepts that brought that are brought down in that context of the detailed aspects of kosher law is the concept of bittel, which means if, very, very generally speaking, you have a large pot of kosher food and a very m- minute amount of non-kosher ingredient falls into that pot and gets mixed up and it's completely unrecognizable, can't be identified in any which way, as long as the amount of kosher is 60 times more than the amount of non-kosher, then it's called bottle. It's nullified and it's as if it's non-existent. The non-kosher ingredient is no longer relevant and the entire pot is still kosher. Now, there are exceptions to that and various different exceptions. One of those exceptions is what's called the Dover Sheba Minyan, an item which is measured by a count. In other words, if it's counted as an independent entity, as a measurable um, value, then it cannot be bottle. Even if it falls into a pot, which is many, many times more than its measurement, because it has significant significance as an item which is counted in and of itself, that does not allow, that, that stops it from becoming bottle. Even if you could never identify it, you could never taste it, the fact that it's an, a counted item, a measured item, means that it's not bottle, it's not nullified. So one idea is that the Jewish people are counted. We are special in God's eyes. Each one of us are unique and counted as an individual. Therefore, even though compared to the rest of humanity, we may be outnumbered many, many times over, but... We are an accounted entity, measured entity, cannot become bottle, cannot become nullified. Now, the, in, what re, in which regard, in, in, in which aspect of a person are we equal? So you could just reduce a person to a number and say we're equal in the fact that we exist and that's it. And we're stripping away our essence and our stripping away our character and stripping away our contribution but there's another point that we can take a look at, and that is to consider our the very essence of our humanity, the very essence of our connection to God. In what manner are we equal to every single other person, no matter the level of accomplishment or lack thereof? That's on the dimension of our soul. When you consider the soul, the very essence, the very core of our being, On that level, we're all equal. We're equally connected to God and equally significant. So in what way are we counting? We're not stripping away our significance. We're looking at the very core of our existence, the very essence of our being. In that level, we're considered, we're being counted in front of God. And that's what's being emphasized in this week's Torah portion. And that's what's being emphasized in the many times that the Jewish people are counted. The very essence, the very core of our being. The the essence of our soul, which is what unites us, makes us one with God. Which brings us to another point, which is, connect, which is connected to the Haftorah. The Haftorah starts with an interesting quote from 
a verse. Well, it's from the book of Hosea. And in the book, it quotes the verse says that the number of the Jewish people will be as many as the sand of the sea, that it can never be counted. I'm paraphrasing. The basic point is that it uses two references, two metaphors, that the Jewish people will be as many as the sand of the sea and that we won't be able to be counted. And the Seemingly, it's a very simple metaphoric statement by this by by the prophet saying that will be very very multiplied that the Jewish people will be multiplied to a great extent. But the sages in the Talmud take it a little bit more literally. They ask, "What's going on over here?" The beginning of the verse it says that will be counted like the sand of the sea. In other words, a, a finite number, whatever that number is, maybe a major, significant, huge number. But it's not infinite. There's a, there's a number associated with that sand of the sea. As opposed to the end of the verse, which says it won't be able to be counted at all. Now, obviously, the, the, on the simple interpretation of the verse, like I said, it's a metaphor that, this, that the prophet is employing. But the sages seem to be bothered by it. So they answer. It says that when we're not fulfilling the will of God, then we're limited number. Then we're like the sand of the sea. But when we are fulfilling the will of God, then we are infinite, un- uncountable. Now, the context of the verse seems strange to be interpreted that way because the context of the verse is speaking very positively that the Jewish people will be innumerable, will not be countable you, it, beyond the numbers that we can measure, just like the sand of the sea is not measurable. But here, the sages seem to be implying that that statement at the beginning of the verse is associated with a negative, not doing the will of God. So to understand this, we have to clarify a point. And that point is that when you talk about the will of God, that's actually a step beyond. It's not that not doing the will of God is rebelling. That's not the point. Doing the will of God is a step beyond fulfilling God's commandments. So, in other words, we could fulfill God's commandments, fulfill the letter of the law, but still not be fulfilling the will of God. Is the term fulfilling the will of God is more than just doing checking the box of fulfilling the mitzvah, right? A person could fulfill the mitzvah of Torah study by studying a little bit of Torah in the morning and a little bit of Torah at night, and they fulfilled the daily obligation of studying Torah. But to say that that's the will of God that we should just spend a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes at night, would be inaccurate. The will of God is that we should be engaged in Torah study on an ongoing basis, and it should be infusing and, and guiding our life in every which way. And this is true about everything, every interaction. We could There's a measurable, a, a, a specific um, obligation when it comes to every mitzvah. Every mitzvah has its particular observance. You do this, you fulfill the mitzvah. You don't do this, you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah. You don't do this, you've avoided the transgression. You do something that's a transgression and you've violated the relationship. Okay. But every mitzvah also has the underlying meaning, the will of God behind it. In other words, when we do that, it's not just that we're checking the box, but we're enhancing our relationship. So when we're doing a mitzvah, it's not just about the, have I checked the box and fulfilled the mitzvah that God wants? It's about a much deeper connection. And perhaps this is conne- the, an aspect of the connection between the content of the, 
Torah portion and the content of the half Torah, where you have the content of the portion highlighting the significance of our relationship with God, our essential bond with God, in which we are all equally united and one with God, our soul, our essence of our, of our soul. And the Haftorah is highlighting the relationship with God, which is much more than just checking a box of obligation, saying, have I fulfilled the mitzvah, the commandment? It's about fulfilling the will of God, connecting to God on a much deeper level than just fulfilling the obligation. Some ideas we could think about from this week's Torah portion. Obviously, we've long run out of 10 minutes, and I, I hope you found this interesting. But there's a lot more to discuss, as always. I encourage you to spend time, study the Torah, understand it, connect to it, and realize the deep, profound insights that can guide your life on a regular basis. Thanks for joining this week's 10 Minutes of Torah. I hope you'll join us again next week for 10 Minutes of Torah. Have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week.